one, two, five, nine. Robin Breeze, servant leader, rector, reverend, deacon, elder, what the hell? So, Ethan, I hear you have a wrestling story for us for the minisode. Yes, it's a really great one. It's a it's a contemporary one. It's not going to take too long. The longest thing is that there'll there'll be moments where I have to send Joe pictures and videos. And okay. I don't know how Joe will sort of make some of this work. It might make sense if you are able to, if not, do not worry about it, to put certain clips of some of these videos in because I'll be sending like 60 second like promo videos to help you sort okay. of get a sense of what's happening. So this is a story of the house of black okay so the house of black is a part of the aew franchise it's or promotion which is the wrestling promotion that i like to watch um and it is a group of at this point four wrestlers but uh for a long time it was just three wrestlers they're led by a wrestler by the name of malachi black who is this norwegian zero percent body fat like six feet tall tattooed up scary looking motherfucker okay um uh and uh basically all the members of the house of black sort of have this viking satanist aesthetic <laughs> like okay. there's some interesting things happening here um they sometimes wear masks of like dead animals to the ring like malachi black will wear this mask the of a of like a stag skull and it'll come to the ring and it'll have, it'll be like a bleached white stag skull with antlers and, and it'll come to the ring like that. And it's, it's very scary, but the house of black, they cut these, these, uh, you know, very interesting pre-taped vignettes. I really am a big fan of the wrestling pre-taped vignette. And so mm. in, re in wrestling world, um, a traditional wrestling promo is usually a backstage interview moment, Right. It might happen before a match or right after a match where the wrestler is being interviewed by the by the backstage announcer. And it's as simple. Chances are, if you're even remotely familiar with wrestling at all, you can picture this like it's uh, it's dated back to the beginning of TV wrestling. Um, it's, you know, an announcer might be like. Hulk Hogan, strong words from the Iron Sheik today. What do you think about the upcoming match with him? Well, let me tell you something, brother. You know, and then Hulk Hogan goes on his his little tirade. There's some fascinating Hulk Hogan promos. There's one about Trump uh, that's very dated from the late 80s, but we'll get to that another time. But that's usually how like wrestling promos go. Um, sometimes they're done live. Other times they're they're recorded and put in the can and then played on TV. And then other times promos happen live, like in the ring. Um, and usually when a promo happens live in the ring, it's not very good. <laughs> I tend to not think it's very good. Only the people who can really, really talk are good at live promos because it can very easily just go off the rails, but modern wrestling. So from like the nineties on, um, has incorporated the vignette, which is the wrestling word for a produced like moment. Um, that's like a promo moment or a stunt moment, or sometimes they go to like exotic locations and do this thing. And when it's done well, it can be very effective because it can feel very, you know, dramatic and theatrical and it can be really great. The house of black 
almost always does backstage vignettes. Okay. And they're almost always satanic and mystical and Malachi black is all in this, in black, you know, the, the, the black backlighting and there's this very scary eerie music and he's got his thick Norwegian accent, but he's still very clear. Like you can really understand him. And he, he's like, he's like, AEW is diseased, you know, and, and he, and he, you know, does his whole thing. It's really great. Um, it's a lot of fun. If you're even a little bit into like scary, mystical, evil stuff, um, you should check the House of Black out. It's really good. I sent Joe a video of one of their entrances not long ago. Yes. Um, and it was, Joe, what did you think of that? I, uh, I'm i scrolling back up to see if I can see what I, I said. Holy shit, that's cool. <laughs> it is cool. You yeah. Know, they, they come out. It's very cool. So the House of Black early on uh, feuded with a what I would consider a bottom tier tag team <laughs> called okay. called the Varsity Blondes, and the Varsity Blondes are um, I'll send you a picture. The Varsity Blondes are two you know relatively good looking guys who sort of wore like varsity athletic jackets to the ring, like they they kind of had this like you know, high school jock aesthetic, right? Um, I forget the one guy's name. The other guy is Brian Pillman Jr. He's the son of the late Brian Pillman, who was a really great wrestler from the 80s and 90s, played for the Bengal Tigers in the early 80s, and then goes on to become a wrestler, and he's really good at it. Brian Pillman Jr., not very good, but but unfortunately. But the Varsity Blondes had this manager. I'm going to send this picture to you, Joe. Had this manager... By the name of Julia Hart. Okay. And Julia's in the middle there. Yep. Being a cheerleader. Being a cheerleader. And Julia Hart, her gimmick was she was a cheerleader. But here's the thing about Julia Hart. Julia Hart is 19 in that picture, Joe. No, she's not. And prior to joining AEW as the cheerleading manager of the Varsity Blondes, she was a competitive cheerleader. Wow. She, she has, she has no like wrestling background. Her, all of her athletics uh, come from the cheerleading world. So I tend to think that cheerleading competitive cheerleading is probably a sport. I think that professional wrestling is a sport. So I have to say that competitive cheerleading is a sport. The only <laughs> sport, the only sport that is a sport, but is clearly not a sport is golf. There uh, you go. Because, because golf is the opposite of a sport, but that's fine. <laughs> um, so, so Julia Hart essentially turns not turns 18 or 19 and it's like, I really don't have any prospects. I don't really know what I want to do. Um, maybe I'll see if I can go into wrestling. That's literally what happens. And so she, she gets signed, you know, to a developmental deal with AEW. They train her a little bit. Like she sort of trains as she goes. She, like I said, she has no wrestling background. And uh, they let her be this cheerleader for the varsity blots. And uh, that's about it. Like, that's about as far as she, she went for a long time. But then okay. the House of Black started feuding with the varsity blondes for really no reason. Like Malachi Black and the tag partner Brody King, who's this big six foot five tattooed up, really scary, really great wrestler. Um Brody King, he's uh, 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 surprisingly, uh, before he became a wrestler, 
he was in um, a production and uh, produced, uh, uh, like was a technical producer for shows like Parks and Recreation. Oh. Weird, but it's true. Um, He and Brody King, uh, and then eventually the third member, a guy named Buddy Matthews, um, they start feuding with the Varsity Blondes. They have this match with the Varsity Blondes. Uh, and they're they're just beating the crap out of the Varsity Blondes. The, the 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 House of Black guys are real good. They're beating the crap of the Varsity Blondes. And at one point in this match, Julia Hart gets in the ring to try to protect protect her boys. And Malachi Black turns to face her, like just over like like just as like gets right in her face, like like you know has this really great shot of him just like standing above her and spits black mist into her eye. Okay. Sometimes in the more mystical side of professional wrestling, that's what they do. Like there's green mist that the great Muta, a Japanese wrestler, used to spray. Tajiri, another Japanese wrestler, would spray green mist. And it's really great. It's like this kind of fun throwback to, a, to you know, like, like part of wrestling's history. Right. It, it sort of indicates uh, a number of things psychologically, and it's a really easy way to kind of present that to both a live and a TV audience. Right. And so Malachi Black spits black mist into Julie Hart's face and eye, and she is taken out. She's like, oh, and she's she's like, you know, rolls out of the ring and the varsity blondes are like, oh, no, Julia, are you OK? You know, it, it's really scary. And like three weeks later, the varsity blondes come out with Julia Hart and Julia Hart has an eye patch. She looks very silly. (laughs) It's a very silly moment. There's this big honking eye patch on Julia Hart. And over the course of a year and a half, and it literally took that long, Julia Hart began to change. Hmm. So at first you begin to notice that they started making little black makeup and lines come outside of the eye patch as if things were like spreading. Then she stopped like cheering. And instead she just like sit at the turnbuckle or like by the turnbuckle and like watch matches. She'd always come out, but she would, she'd slowly stopped doing things. And this would happen. Like I said, for a year and a half, all the way up until the uh, Varsity Blondes have a rematch with the House of Black. Hang on one second. I'm sending you something. Okay. And uh, in that rematch, Malachi hands Julia Hart a steel chair. And Julia Hart turns on the Varsity Blondes. <gasps> And becomes the fourth member of the House of Black. And I've just sent you some pictures. Waiting, waiting. I'm sure they're going to come through. One of them is a gift, so it takes just a little bit of time. Okay, here we go. Hang on, I'm seeing seeing the black eye. Mm -hmm. Intense. Oh, is this her, like, outfit? Holy cow! So does does she do any wrestling now or is she like a manager for them? So she wrestles a little bit. They're still training her. And so I I wouldn't consider her a great in-ring worker. I I, I really wouldn't. But they're 
they're smart. They're, they're having her work matches that are a lot more psychological. But let me send you for the first video here. Okay. Listeners, I will po- we will definitely post all these for free up on the Patreon that you can go and look at them. But the like the outfit that she's in is like hot chick undertaker almost. Yeah, like, it's similar to that. <laughs> yeah. But then like her walking on, she's got this like bandana on and like the in the gift that you sent, so I assume for like a different match. She's mm-hmm. got this bandana, she's still got like the cheerleader uniform, but it's in like different colors. Um, she's still got like you know, very blonde hair, but it's not like cheerleader done up like ponytail hair. It is like, I will come after you with the waves of my hair that might mimic Medusa even. Oh yeah. It's good stuff. All right. And so, so this promo you're about to watch is the promo the week right after Julia Hart turned. Okay. okay. Oh my God. Watch this. That's amazing. That's cool, right? Yeah. That's that's cool. Uh, and and so now, like, she's fully incorporated in everything. She comes out. So, like, sometimes the house individual House of Black guys will have like a singles match, mm-hmm. and so and she's always out with them, and so she's always she's always their vignette, uh, their their valet. She's always their manager, no matter what, you know. And then Brody King, the big member of the House of Black, always comes out with her when she has a match. Um, I'll I'll send you one more promo that I think is really good. And then I'll, then I'll try to find like just a Julia Hart entrance, but, uh, but no, it's, it's really great stuff. Yeah. I think that like the most stirring line in that is like, isn't this what you wanted? Like, did not, didn't you want this violence? Like, yes. ah, Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Okay, watching the next one. All right. This company has allowed itself to be corrupted. Corrupted by people that point fingers at others while still holding the shovel in their hands that they use to dig the graves for others. And now it is sick and it is dying. And perhaps it is time for myself and the house to put down this corruption his heart what is the crime the crime is treason mr matthews what is the verdict verdict mr king what look how big brody king is yeah Tear the meat from the bones. The sentence 
is extermination. So it has been decided. So anyone that has an issue with what we have done over the past two weeks or anything that's been said here, well, next week, Wednesday, come one. Come on. Yeah, like, I I don't know why I'm saying this as if I could not just be into this right now, but, like, I'm super into this right now. I I would watch this. <laughs> like, they have gotten, they've gotten my attention. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, like, so the reason why, I mean, I love this. I love this faction. I love this group. One of the things that's really great about this is this is a good example of, of pro wrestling rewarding people who have watched for a long time. Yeah. Right? Like, like if you started watching at, at the beginning of AEW, you watch Julia Hart debut as the manager of the Varsity Blondes. That's what you watched. And then you get to watch over the course of two years, her become this. Yeah. You know, that's what's cool. You know, you get to watch her uh, uh, have a character and like and improve and learn. Right. And, and then be seamlessly incorporated into this entity and have it completely make sense. You know, yeah. you go, oh, yeah, I see. You know, I really like it. I'm very impressed. And and like and so I, I listen to a lot of like wrestling podcasts and, you know, and, and interviews in which they they don't honor kayfabe right like a lot of there's shoot interviews and there's worked interviews i just do a lot of shoot interviews where wrestlers will just talk about what they do and, and different stuff and um julia hart was on one and you know she's maybe 21 now 22 okay and and she's like yeah it's it, everything changed basically you know I, I i had been working for aw for like six months seven months which meant that I had been working, you know, in my first like actual job for seven months, right? Like I had gone from competitive, I didn't go to college. I went from competitive cheerleading to this. Um, I had no training as a wrestler and Malachi Black uh, came up to me while we were all at, you know, like at a show, you know, at, at a live show and and said, you know, how would you feel if I trained you? And like, how would you feel about joining something that we're doing? And basically she was like, yeah. And so like Julia Hart is trained in the ring by Malachi Black. Uh, Brody King talks about like him and his wife, like taking Julia Hart to like gear makers to have like gear be made for her. You know, and, and stuff. And then like she like does like she like works out like with Buddy Matthews, like the the Australian guy. Um, and so like she's she's just like both totally in the, you know, the group, but has the group itself has been training her and giving her the tools to become successful as a professional wrestler. And so basically, like, without these three guys, the, these three people saying, we really think that if you joined what we were doing, we, you, you would enhance everything. And in return, we will give you a way to make a living. Yeah. Like, that's amazing. That's amazing. 
And they like, and she works matches. She doesn't always work a ton of matches, but she like works matches and develop and is developing a style. And and like the house themselves are like, like I said, like they're they're bringing their weight as performers to her. That Brody King is always at ringside with her means that fans of Brody King are now fans of Julia Hart. Right. Right. Like it all kind of interlocks together. And, uh, and Julia, like, I just think it's smart. Like, I, I, I always watch a Julia Hart match because I always want to see, you know, what they're having her do. They have her go slow. Like, like they're, they're like Malachi Black, you know, in an interview, he's always like, he's like, Julia just simply does not have, like, the background. Like, Malachi Black's background is Muay Thai. Before he learned how to be a pro wrestler, he was a, a competitive Muay Thai fighter. What's Muay Thai? It's like a form of martial arts. Like it's like a, he's he's like a, it's like an advanced form of like kickboxing, and so like they're like his strikes always look really good. Nick is a black belt, and Nick always says that there's only one wrestler who's allowed to throw like a high kick, because he's the only one who can make it look good, and it's Malachi Black. Huh. Like he, he's like every other high kick I've ever seen a wrestler do looks like shit. He, he's like he's like Malachi Black's <laughs> the only one who makes it look good. Malachi Black can throw a high kick, you know, Malachi Black can, can do a roundhouse kick. Like he, he can do it all. Um, but like, it's amazing to like Malachi Black's like, yeah, basically we have her, we've taught her to move slow. We've taught her to use her psychology. And basically we were like, Hey, let's not worry about teaching you how to be a technician. Let's not worry about that at all. Brody is a brawler. Let's try to make you a brawler. How would Julia Hart be a brawler? And Julia's like, I would gouge people's eyes out. And they're like, yeah, do that. And so that's what she does. She basically just is just this vicious pit bull who like when she's not fighting is just moves really slow and is very plodding and is very psychological. And then when she does fight, it's, it's just, it's just like nails and teeth. (laughs) Yeah, and it makes works. sense. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm very impressed. I think it's both money. It's 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 a money stable. Tons of uh, all kinds of people love it. Lots of merchandise is sold. And what I really like about it as a fan is that it's a stable that has invested both in a storyline that people have gotten into and in a performer. Yeah. Right. Like like. They, they've decided, let it, let's take this young performer who has no background, who is just starting to do this, and let's, let's basically like give her everything we know and set her up so that one day when the House of Black breaks up, Julia Hart both knows how to do this and has a fully established character. Yeah. Um, I love it. I'm so impressed. And I and I think you and I I wanted to say that because I, I figured you would like the look. Yeah, I they definitely have figured out exactly what they want their aesthetic to be, um, and that really comes through in the promos. Um, I think that like Julia ne- needs to grow as a talker, as somebody delivering lines. She could improve, um, sure. but but like yeah, she's got. I mean, you can train people to do a whole lot of things. Um, 
but you can't, there's a certain level of like how you're able to hold your body and how you're able to look like model, almost like modeling, but not, um, that you can't necessarily train because it's just somebody in their body. You know, I, yeah, I'm super into this. I also love these stories where, um, somebody in the business decides to like take somebody under their wing and like really work with them. Cause you, that's an investment in the future, you know, like that's an investment in down the road. We think this person is going to be telling great storylines. And I love that as like a counter narrative to like the tyranny of now that I feel like I live in. Right. Like the mm -hmm. idea of somebody investing in somebody. So 10 years down the road, she can kick ass. Like that does not, that's not often the way people handle things. And I love like being able to see that here. I, I know exactly what you mean. I think it is really, really great. I really do. I just sent you an entrance, a Julia Hart entrance as like a final thing to watch. Okay. But, uh, yeah. But uh, really good stuff. Commentator. <laughs> JR is awesome. She is a mysterious, <laughs> beautiful Jezebel. I mean, she has like already portrayed people. Like, actually, if you're gonna if you're gonna call anybody a Jezebel, I do feel like she most clearly mirrors the character in the Bible, actually. But um yeah, that's that's just that's just really cool stuff. Like that, mm. I'm into it. That it makes me feel a little bit like, um, like what watching Undertaker must have been like uh, sure. in real time. Of like, it meets this moment, it meets the vibe. It's a little spooky. It's a little creepy. It's intimidating. Like I'm here for it. Yeah, no, it's it's a. You're right. So by way of wrap of the minisode, because I, I, I don't have much more to say. That's the whole story. Now Julia Hart is evil, you know, is the end <laughs> of the story so far. Uh, I doubt the running joke of, of my, of like CJ and Beth McKinney and our friend Anderson who watches this mm -hmm. with us. CJ has been, CJ remembers Julia Hart long before all of this. And so CJ got to watch with me, Julia Hart's transformation. So she mm -hmm. was just like all into it. She was like, yes. But the running joke is, but what about the Varsity Blondes? They're long fired. <laughs> like, like, the Varsity Blondes are gone. <laughs> They're never coming back. Um, and and I love, I love that the breakout star was their manager. Right. <laughs> you know, like, like these two poor guys, they had, they had no hope. It was all Julia Hart all the time. Um Oh God. Oh yeah. So, uh, the, the mystical stuff, like there's always been a mystical characters in wrestling, particularly since the, the 
like late 80s and early 90s mm-hmm. and like that video on the undertaker that that you watched makes this comment right like in an era of the gimmick when when you know wrestlers always had gimmicks and some of them were like evil dentists or uh, repo men or trash men or minotaurs or you know whatever <laughs> um or yetes <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the Undertaker shows up and it should be goofy, but it's kind of not right because because everybody takes it very seriously. And so what should feel very goofy ends up feeling very scary and very uh, believable in a strange way. Mm-hmm. And and then it and then it takes on this life where it becomes an attraction, where it becomes, oh, yeah, we, we have to go see The Undertaker because for a few moments when the undertaker was at his best, it felt real. Yeah. For a few moments we go, this six foot 11 guy might in fact be a lich who is, cannot be hurt, who rises from the dead, who, who, who shoots lightning and communes with the devil. Right. Yeah. Um, one of the undertaker's last really great matches before what was a few years before his retirement he came back for wrestlemania and he wrestled this other mystical character that they they're still trying to make work named bray wyatt and bray wyatt started out as this cult leader character and it was really great he he was sort of this like bayou louisiana bayou cult leader and he had like a really great way of talking his promo work was really cool his his accent was good you know it was just it was very psychological. It was quasi mystical. It was really interesting. And, and Bray, they, they kept tweaking the character and then it, it slowly just, it just lost some of its magic in my opinion. And it became a little too mystical, a little too evil for a while. He, he rode the line, right? Is it magic? Is it just that he's charismatic? What is it? But he challenges the undertaker at WrestleMania. This is like, this is like 2015, maybe 2014. And Taker comes back, He's he gets in real good shape for the match, and they tell this story. It's not like this, it's not like this spectacular athletic feat, but they tell this story that's like Bray Wyatt is like the son of the devil, and the Undertaker is the devil's oldest general. Hmm. You know, and and Taker, they they work this slow, psychological, great match. And, and no matter how hard the smarmy, satanic upstart fights the Undertaker, Taker is just too strong. He's just too good. He's just too experienced. It doesn't matter that Bray's younger. It doesn't matter that Bray has, quote, more power. Taker is always smarter. He's always, he's always uh, just a little bit more advanced. And, and they work this really great story, and that's how it comes across. The, the House of Black is able to do that now, right? Like, they didn't try to mimic The Undertaker. They, they, they lean on um, other kinds of mysticisms, right? Like this, it, it, is The Undertaker satanic? Well, sort of, but he starts out as a zombie. Right. You know, whereas The House of Black... I don't know. It's it's more like they're evil wizards. It's more like they're demonic entities. It's more like they're forces of destruction and chaos and corruption. And Julia Hart, the Julia Hart storyline cements that. Like 
the House of Black can get you. You know, it got Julia Hart. Ooh, yeah. You know what I mean? Whereas Taker is this this unstoppable force. The House of Black um, has that in like a Brody King, but instead, it, the what's what's evil and mystical and scary about them is that they are um, corrupting entities. They they seduce and they they take and they persuade, and so. And so having a match against them is dangerous in a different way, right? Like it could be dangerous in that they might beat you or it could be dangerous in that they might take your best friend from you. Mm. And those are the kinds of stories that like House of Black are able to tell precisely because they just told a two-year story with Julia Hart. Right, right. That's what's cool. That kind of stuff, that kind of stuff can only happen in pro wrestling. And it can only happen when you have really smart and talented performers thinking about this, right? Going, okay, well, well, we can't jump the gun. It would be really easy to spray mist in Julia Hart's eyes and then just the next night have her be a member of the House of Black. We can't do that. We have to watch the varsity blondes fail. Mm. You know, that's what we have to watch. We have to watch with increasing fear. Why does Julia Hart not cheer for the Varsity Blondes anymore? Yeah. Why does Julia Hart still wear the eye patch? What's going on? You know, and if you can get people to buy into that, that's that's why they turn it on the next week. Yeah. You know, well, we got to know what happens to Julia Hart. And now we know it's really good. It's really, really great. Yeah. I'm on board. And that that's my pro wrestling mini show. Nice. Well, thank you for catching us up on this. Maybe some of our listeners will be like, this is the thing that gets me into it. I hope so. Uh, what if I sign us off? Yeah, go for it. Perfect. Friends. Thanks for listening. This has been a mini show of what the hell is a pastor. We are Spanx Reebok and the dude, and we will see you next time. What the Hell is a Pastor is a part of the Disruptive Disciples Podcast Network. Our theme song is written by Joe Schomolf, performed by Joe Schomolf, Ian Uriola, and Paul Uriola, and produced by Paul Uriola. Find us across the internet at WTHIAP, or visit us at WTHIAP.com to get connected to our Patreon, merch, and some other stuff. Thanks for listening. And remember, friends, Ethan gave me all the money in his wallet.